Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for Hello! Welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Season 32, Episode 1. My name is Kimmy. I'm Clara. And I'm Rose. Yay. And on today's episode, Always Nevers asks how to include trans NPCs in a game in an organic and respectful way. Steffi from Scotland comments on GM-less games. And Sean from New Jersey shares a gaming horror story. If you'd like to contribute a question or story for the show, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And... We could use some emails because all of you took a break while we took a break. So (laughs) write some stuff in. Announcements. It has been a year since I took over Happy Jacks completely. And we moved into this awesome new studio. A lot has changed since then. And we want to know what you think about things. So please go to happyjacks.org slash survey. That's happyjacks.org slash survey. And give us your feedback. It only takes a few minutes and it will help us improve and make better products and content for you to enjoy or hate either one. So please, please, happyjacks.org slash survey. We've done surveys a ton. It's always been part of kind of the Happy Jacks community. But after this year of big change, there's definitely people have big feelings about different things. So go do the thing, please. All right. And we're back to doing Indie Designer of the Month. So our Indie Designer of the Month for May is Ryan Kahn. And you can find him at the one true K on Twitter. He's a queer mixed race designer. And he designed a game called Told by Starlight that I got to try out at Strategicon. And also how I met Ray, who's now on my One Ring game. But Told by Starlight is a story game about creating a shared mythology by creating a map of constellations and then like collaboratively creating the stories behind all those constellations. So it's very cool. When you start playing, you just like have a big piece of paper and you just put a whole bunch of dots all over it. And just everyone puts dots on it. And then as you go, you draw constellations and then like the person next to you helps come up with a story about it. And it's so much fun. It's GM-less and, and it has a no prep game also. So it's something great to pull out at a con if like, you're like, hey, we've got half, you know, an hour, let's do this. And it's great for two to four, six players. You could play, there's like an end point to it, but you could honestly just play for a couple minutes or you could play for a long time if you want as well. And it uses a standard deck of playing cards to generate themes and prompts for different types of things. We had such a great time. Strategicon, we did it down in Games on Demand. And so it was just like this very random group of people who we'd never met before, which Strategicon's a little bit of a smaller convention. So that's not always the case. Sometimes you end up at the same table you've played with like four times, a whole bunch of people you know. But I was down there with a bunch of people I didn't know. And it was just really neat. And it was interesting to see how people drew things differently. Like I kind of like, you know, when you have your like your star app out and it shows you like the actual little like skeleton, like the little basic actual real constellations, like where the stars are. And there's like the little lines. And then there's also like the imaginary, like this is what they pictured it as. It, I was a, like the, the person who drew like the imaginary, like it's like I, I 
drew one that was like some sort of goddess or something. So I like drew the goddess with like a dress and like all these things. And then other people would just draw like the little, like the tic-tac or the little lines between the constellations. So it was very interesting to see how different people drew things and what different people came up with and what people added on to other constellations. It was very, very interesting. I had a really great time playing it. And yeah, if you want to pick up that particular game, you can pick it up for $12 at theonetrueryancon.itch.io. And there's little dashes between there. Honestly, just go to itch and then search for Told by Starlight or One True Ryan Con and you'll find them. (laughs) But yeah, so that is our Indie Designer of the Month. Just a reminder, if you are a Patreon, you'll get a free copy of a game from Ryan. And you'll also get an interview that with him where we ask him a whole bunch of really, really hard questions. And evidently, I ask very good questions. I guess I put my master's degree in education to good use when I'm <laughs> writing interview questions because all the designers are like, wow, you like pulled out the game I haven't looked at that I designed like eight years ago and asked a very pointed question about it. They get either, I think they're pleased and annoyed at the same time. Like, like, just it's like, almost like you designed a game about asking questions question. yeah, or something. But, but that's crazy. That's crazy. 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 I, part of me is just like, do people not do research before interviews? Like, do you not stalk the person you're going to ask questions about? <laughs> stalk is a strong word. I should not. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I think I have a, a love for like little random games. So I like go on their itch page and I'm just like, oh, oh, look, this one's like weird and little and Oh, they designed it like 50 years ago. Okay. <laughs> at the risk of being like, at the risk of like violating my love of death of the author, it does show you a little bit of like where people's brains are at when they're like, what games do you like making? Because all of the games that I like propose are really stupid. <laughs> they are not. I love some of the ideas you've proposed. Yeah. They're a lot. <laughs> they're a lot, a lot, but that's okay. So yeah. So excited to have Ryan here for this month. And I've actually like gotten super organized over the last two weeks. And I've like planned out and reached out and we have like the next few months of designers all lined up already. So it's very exciting. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. Amazing. I actually had a little bit of time to get ahead on one thing. Exciting. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) I have talked a whole lot. So you need to knock on wood. I'm sorry. My my superstitious eyes are like, it's never happening again. It's never (laughs) happening. It never happens. I'm usually like done right before something has to be done. Like the moments or maybe like a little late on it, but like barely by the deadline. That's like how I live my life. Mm -hmm. It's very stressful and exciting. (laughs) We're good examples of what you should be as a teacher. (laughs) Clara, sometime ask about how I ended up in that heaven on high game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was was like casting for my other stuff, I believe it. Yes. Hey, Rose, we got a game starting in about 10 minutes. What are you doing right now? <laughs> like, well, let me put on a dress and some lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. Very excited. Starting season 32. That's wild. That's a lot to think about. We do seasons in half, right? Like it's half, like seasons are just like every six months, right? Historically. Yes, question mark. Yeah. Historically, they have been whenever Stu decided to ch- stop and start a new season. So that's why they fluctuate dramatically in the past between nine episodes and like 30 episodes like a lot okay a lot we're we're rapidly getting to the point where like there are more like like i was like oh happy jack is older than me that's not true technically yet (laughs) but based on the like seasons i'm like "Mm, Uh, uh, yeah 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 but we've 
put them, so it's 25 episodes a season now. Okay. So there's like a set time and then we take a two week break. Now we're back. And Crazy. I remembered how to run all the equipment after two weeks. It's very yeah, exciting. It didn't fall out. Of, it would have fallen out of my brain. Yeah, it, it sort of does. But all right. Yeah. So welcome. Season 32. Take a survey. All right. Mailbag number one. Who would like to read this? Why don't you read it, Clara? God damn it. Okay. <laughs> I can if you want. I was like, I ran too slow. It's fine. I can read it. I mean, we we can nose ghost for it and just. <laughs> You're on Zoom. I know, I know. Which means that I, I get to start, I get to choose when it starts, which means I will win. I, that's true. Okay, why don't you read, read it that's then? Legit. Because I'm not arguing with you. Sure. <laughs> Dear Kimmy and Assorted Jackers, first time quote unquote caller, long time listener. Of course, now that the seal is broken, this may be the first of veritable, veritable deluge of emails. Do it. So for that, I am both sorry and you're welcome. We are very welcome. We yeah. like emails. Yeah. Please send all of them. Yes. I can only send in so many pretending to be Steffi. Um, <laughs> That's no, a lie. No, I kid. Th- those are definitely actually They're Steffi. Actually Steffi, yes. Yes. I could not write emails that long. It didn't even occur um, to me to write fake emails. <laughs> We haven't had uh, to do that yet. <laughs> Stu has done that in the past. So we found we found the lawful good person on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh no, just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? I'm chaotic stupid. <laughs> All righty. Anyways, first I wanted to share something that I've had some great success with and follow up with the tangentially related question of representation. I'm currently running a game of Spire. For those unfamiliar with the game, the players take on the role of drow agents of paramilitary cult dedicated to overthrowing the high elf masters of the city. It deals with some very heavy themes of institutionalized violence, racism, and religion, but it also has enough weirdness and humor in the setting to keep it from being overwhelming. For our campaign, I had the idea to play out the tragic backstory of the party. For the first chunk of the game, all the PCs were kids growing up in the same neighborhood. No one had character classes. Everyone just got a skill and some folks in the neighborhood they had bonds with. We played out a Goonies-like adventure in which they went on a treasure hunt to help their party pay the protection money to the corrupt city guard. While this was going on, they found out that their parents were actually members of a forbidden cult. Wait, hang on. They found out that their parents were actually members of a forbidden cult, dealt with neighborhood bullies, and really dove into their characters. At the you know, first, like Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, as one does. Yeah, I As one does when you're a drow coming- kid in the mega city of magic weirdness yeah i remember that great coming of age story are you there god i know you're part my parents are part of a cult yeah yeah are you there god it's me drizzt yeah (laughs) at the end of the chapter their parents were discovered and executed by the state and the kids made their escape some staying together some striking out on their own every pc got a letter written to them by their parents something happened to them Mm. Fast forward eight years, and the gang is back together, working as part of a cell in the Ministry of Our Hidden Mistress, following in their parents' footsteps. Presumably that is the same cult, and not just a really sweet band. (laughs) (laughs) Or both. Uh, Now all the kids are grown up with character classes, as one would assume. It's been really interesting to see how the characters have changed since they were kids, but still maintain so much of their younger selves when dealing with each other. Relationships and resentments from their childhood years have carried over and matured. Fantasies of revenge against the state have turned into plans of action. All in all, I think it has made a game in which the players feel invested in a way that goes beyond just writing up a backstory. They lived their backstory. I would recommend giving it a try to groups uh, who to a group looking to start a long-term game. 
and wants that extra level of immersion. I will point out that safety tools are a must in this kind of situation. Oh, yes. We had a separate set of line and veils for the childhood years and the adult years. Oh. Spire is a gritty, violent world, but we decided that we weren't maiming or killing children. That's nice. And that ch- adult violence of any kind against the kids would be off the table. Of course, now that they're grown up, their safety is a bit more circumspect. One of the players in the game decided they wanted to play a character that was... Mi- oh, hang on. Let's pause there. Okay. I love this. This that is a idea. lot. Yeah, I, I love this email. <laughs> yeah, this, I was gonna say this email is fantastic. I think it they contains go from multitudes, longest to shortest, which is why I never like going first. Yeah, I really love the idea of using a set of safety tools for the childhood years and then the adult years. I'm not sure I would have thought about that until we started playing, and I was like, oh, this might be a problem. But like, that's such a great idea because yeah, you've got. I definitely have a different set of lines and veils for children than I do adult PCs for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think it also, I like the idea, there are, there is currently a very large, big podcast that did um, a children's campaign before their their adventure. And I think it does a really good job of building backstories. So I'm excited to see players doing more of that and giving more thought to playing games as kids. I'm trying, I recognize the name of the game, Spire. And I feel like it's related to Heart, which is- It is. Okay. Yeah, so I can explain that real quick. Yeah, please. Yeah, so Spire is the first game from its Decker something and Rook, I believe. And it (laughs) is, Spire is a city of drow that's controlled by high elves. And it city is an understatement. It is like a mega city, a la like Judge Dredd. No, Robocop was just set in Detroit. Almost like Warhammer 40,000, but purely fan- like weird fantasy and like steampunk rather than science fiction. The, um, the company really is... Really cool setting. Yeah, the company is Rowan, Rook, and Descartes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I, I have a passing familiarity with Heart only because it was brought to me that you could be a train cleric and that two things... You I could just, be a train paladin. A train paladin is just that I'm the, sold. Oh the God. classes in these games are are incredible. Uh, like, I, absolutely, like, knocked out of the park. I need to describe Weird for concepts. you. The, yeah, I was going to say, Kimmy, I'm like, Kimmy's doing the face. And like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll show you. I have it on my, on my Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say some of the classes are, are content warnings on legs. So grain of salt, but really, really interesting creative stuff. Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting concept to me that someone would run a children's game and the world is fire. I was about oh, to say... Like, it's backstory <laughs> rather than like it's a game about kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I will admit that my toddler would love to be a trained paladin. Like that would yes. be her ultimate. Yes. Her ultimate goal is a sword wielding like protector of Thomas the Train. Would be her absolute. If she could ride a dinosaur, that would be her ultimate form right there. Like immediately, she is. I feel like that could happen. I feel so like that could be done. Trains. I feel like that's a that's I mean, a possibility. My my toddler should definitely not play Spider. <laughs> <laughs> someday maybe <laughs> some adults probably shouldn't play spire i'm not even sure i'm down to play spire it's pretty heavy but yeah. it's really neat it's yeah. astounding anyone lets me play a game like <laughs> i love how you say that looking at me i'm like well okay yeah <laughs> so but yeah i think that's a very cool idea to do like kid backstory that's, like yeah. the backstory building yeah, I love it. Anything that builds a stronger emotional relationship between the players and their characters and between the characters themselves, I am always here for. Yeah. Like, 
that is the kind of emotional drama that I live for in yeah. RPGs. Mm-hmm. And stuff from, and and even when you're just role-playing it out, things from even like a PC childhood that you've actually like planned out or like made with other characters can have such a serious impact. Like, because oh, yeah. we, we automatically kind of put our own emotions and memories into that, even if it's totally different than your childhood, because we we know how formative they were for us as real people. So I think we put more weight almost on big formative things and a PC's like childhood, even if it's made up, because that's so important. Like, it's just such a big deal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No notes. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay, uh, no, no. Also, yay for calling out safety tools. Excellent job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I would not play a game of either Heart or Spire without oh safety tools. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> considering one, I have X-carded one of the classes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Really cool, though. Okay. Uh, hold on, so, DMing your room. <laughs> I gotta know. Oh, there. it's the deep apiarist. It involves bees in ways that I am not going to go into detail about. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Not the bees. Not the bees. Okay. So, continuing the email, one of the players in the game decided they wanted to play a character that was male presenting as a kid and then transitioned during the time lapse. I talked it over with the player to see how uh, she wanted to handle it, and she went with the Umbrella Academy Season 3 approach, acknowledge it, and move on. Which leads me to the question uh, portion of my email. Do you have any advice for representing trans NPCs in games that is both respectful and organic? I'm a cishet dude, but I play with a lot of folks in the LGBTQIA plus community, and I really want to flesh out my game world to reflect a more diverse population. However, I also know the road to hell is paved with good intentions, so I figure I'm better off asking for better discretion instead. Thank you in advance. Do you want me to read off all the PSs and stuff now? or Please do. After we... Yeah, okay. do the thing. Always nevers on the Discord. Coffee all night uh, on itch. Feel free uh, to admit this if it's my self-promo isn't cool. I will do it. I'm there for do you the always thing. nevers. Yes. yes. We support indie yeah. designers. Do the thing. He's, he's working on some cool stuff. I will not say anything further because I actually, I'm sorry, always nevers. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> so, yeah. so just clarifying, it's coffee all night if you go to itch.io. Yes. Coffee all night.itch.io. P.S. Happy Jacks is the first podcast I've ever listened to. Love Aww. the show and hope it continues for another 10 years. Oh my gosh. Aww. We That's are nice. so happy. Yeah. Thank you. Also, Wild that you'd put up with us. Yeah. Um, also, I will have apologize. Have you listened to Welcome to Night Vale? <laughs> like, Cecil's voice is liquid gold. Okay. For what? If I, however long before this, uh, Stu's got a voice that he put, records and yeah. <laughs> It's. He's, I love Stu. I love you. We've never talked, but you know Cecil. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's Cecil true. Baldwin has a beautiful yeah. voice. And I will say, I do apologize. I would never like fully actually force someone to like explain why they X carded something. I actually want us comparing notes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I'll I'll talk with you about. It's more. Yeah. I don't want to call out the icky stuff from the game for, for all sure. of our podcast listeners. Oh, listeners. Yeah, for sure. But yes. yeah, no. You, yes. well, one should not ask somebody. You planked the mic down just slightly. No, it was Big, more like I, I lined it rather than X-carded it. Uh, it came up in the like lines and veils discussion. Uh, yeah, no. Freaking crazy games all around. I 
Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Death of the author, though, because I would never... I write some weird stuff, too. Yeah. I feel like I'm not the person to describe, to like lead this conversation. <laughs> it's almost like you got a special guest for this. So it, it was I, not an accident that this email popped up today crazy. for you. But yeah. I do think like, I, you should definitely take lead on the conversation, but I do think yeah. we have stuff we need to add in for sure. So I will start off by saying that the LGBTQIA plus community is not a monolith and I can't speak for everybody. Yes. I but agree. I will say... I would start off by saying, like, so if a character is trans, if they're passing, no one will ever know. So you could just say, oh, this character has been trans all along or all of that stuff. Or just, like, make a note to yourself that that is part of their backstory. And it never actually makes any difference at the table. But I would instead challenge you to think about including kind of just gender expansive content at the table rather than just including trans people. So I would think about have people who don't use just she, her, or he, him pronouns, include they, them. Like if you're playing games like Epelion, the entire game is built around neo pronouns, which blows my mind because even as like an out trans person, that is not something I'm incredibly well educated on. And so I was like, oh, my my eight-year-old niece is playing this game and she is now more familiar and more comfortable using neo-pronouns than I am, which is just great. I love it. You'd love to see it. Yeah. But yeah, I would say for including NPCs, in this example, I think it totally works because, yeah, these are people who grew up with a character, would be familiar with them, would have known them before transition, after transition. I will say when you're playing a character who has a life experience different than your own, you want to be really careful that you are doing that in good faith and you are doing that not as a form of oppression tourism. Yeah. That is something that I've had to talk my players out of playing certain characters or completely overhaul characters because I was like, look, I understand that you're very passionate about like this culture or stuff like that, but I'm not qualified to say whether this is okay and neither are you. So we're not going to have this at the table. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> not, hell yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm just, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say like, this doesn't necessarily, I'm not telling those people, Hey, you're doing this because you have bad intentions. But like you said, like the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Honestly, I don't know. Hell seems like a pretty good place if you ask me. But um, <laughs> all the cool people are there. Yeah. All, all of my cool friends people. are going to be there. Rock and roll, all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's also like, it, it puts a lot of pressure on people who want to try and play trans characters and things like that if like they're the only ones. So like mm-hmm. making sure that as a GM, you're building an inclusive world is super important, which is why I'm so glad that he's asking about NPCs because so often you'll sit down at a table and you'll want to play a character who uses they, them, or whatever. And it's like, so all the NPCs that you interact with are like cis and straight and use she, her, or he, him. And there's just like none of that in the world that gets built. So I think it's great that having NPCs in there is, the, is one of the first steps to normalizing that so that people can play those types of characters and also just normalizing it as part of gaming, which it absolutely should be because gaming worlds, even if they're fantasy or sci-fi or whatever, should reflect 
what we have and the diversity that we have in our own world right now. Personally, this is my feeling. Yeah. I think part of it too, and this is, I think this goes for just like every marginalized demographic that you want to represent in your game. I say this almost every, every May I say this (laughs) because it's AAPI Awareness Heritage Month and then next month is Pride Month. My sexuality and tangentially my heritage and culture probably the least interesting parts about me specifically my sexuality if it is if it is the most interesting part like if if i who i am interested in dating or how i identify or or my gender presentation least interesting thing i promise you <laughs> and i think your your pcs if, if your npcs if the only thing that your npc is is that they're trans there may be something wrong with the npc like it shouldn't be the only thing about them. I think I've said yeah, before. Yeah, that like, should not be the only note on that, on that <laughs> yeah. character entry. <laughs> yeah, it's like so-and-so, the, an ancient queen, and now like tasked with, the, with, the, with uh, guarding her people's secrets. And like this guy is a huge barbarian who is dedicated to finding the best pancake house. And this guy's trans. And yeah. that's it. Uh, next guy. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like sweet, Blowing robes, crowns, swords, and then just somebody in a trans flag t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no other okay. details? No, yeah. nothing, nothing Nothing else? Okay. Really? Um, okay. Cool. <laughs> I will say, I think Spire is a weird enough setting that, like, hell, through magic, transition could be easier than it is in real life. And just also, like, so the description of the Elfir, the High Elves, are, like, they're super, like... To me, they they come off as the like height of the French aristocracy, like the worst parts of the French aristocracy, like turned up to eleven, and then also made like super sadistic. Yeah, they're bad. They're bad. They're bad news. Like they're not just like eat the rich because they're rich, but also like oh, crimes against humanity. That's nice. Oh, yeah, it's like it's a bad time. Bad. <laughs> they are very bad. If you want a game about taking down people who really deserve it, Spire is that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, yeah, I was just like, there's so much room for gender expansive stuff in fantasy. Like, I would say I would challenge you to do things outside of the gender binary. And I would like to challenge you to have characters who are gender nonconforming, whether or not they are trans. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is an important thing of like, oh, try and get past kind of tokenism. And and just be like, okay, and this is something that you may just need to sit down and educate yourself on, which is like, okay, let's learn more about gender expression and gender identity and the gender spectrum and all of this stuff and and kind of get to know that more before you start including those characters in your game. Yeah. Like, don't just include, oh, this hot, tall, blonde woman is also trans it's like hey like they they come in other shapes Uh, (laughs) like include people who use she her pronouns and have facial hair yeah whether they're trans or not like just expand the acceptable expressions for gender in your games would be my challenge to you yeah yeah fantasy fantasy gender expression full stop should yeah, not be exactly. limited to should not be limited oh, to like tell me about it the freaking dwarf discussion regarding in for the lord of the rings yeah. stuff uh, like okay weird that they hold on to a binary full stop like they're dwarves they can do whatever they want like mm-hmm. 
the same with, yeah, the, again, least interesting thing you can do is conform to our world's standards for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just take some time, watch some YouTube, read some articles. If you want, I know you're on the discord. We can see about sharing some resources that are good educational tools. Like my challenge to you would be one, educate yourself first and two, be as who the the breadth of gender expression. It's very easy to think, oh yes, the two options are you are a trans man or a trans woman. And that is that is not it. No. Hashtag I, not it. <laughs> I think also like having just a little note to yourself of all the things you want to describe when the party meets an NPC. And that way it's the same and equitable across every NPC they meet. Like this is their name. This is kind of what they look like. This is where this is what their voice sounds like. This is because I'm, I'm terrible at making different voices, <laughs> except otters. <laughs> Evidently otters. I'm super good at making otter voices, which we discovered <laughs> randomly in the one ring this last time. I have follow-up questions, but I will <laughs> save them for later. Yeah. They, there's talking otters in, in Tolkien and the party met them. Yeah. And I got to be otters. It was very fun and so silly. But... Kimmy, are are you ready to deal with the fact that Claire is now upset you didn't include <laughs> them in your game? Like the look of betrayal on Claire's face right now. Okay, I just like games where you get to be a little guy, yeah. but specifically, mm-hmm. just I just I just want to li- I just want to play any tabletop game that lets me be a small woodland creature with a sword. <laughs> um, You've been good friends. With Lord how about Apelion, where you get to be a small woodland dragon? There you go. <laughs> I think you'd have a good time uh, with that. I want to play Root. Yeah. <laughs> the Root oh, yeah. tabletop. Oh, yeah. But like have those things there that you you kind of describe. So that way it's equitable for everyone. And it's you have to know your party. At least this is my kind of feel on it with things like them being trans or stuff. I like to just say that. Like, oh, if you were to talk, people are in the neighborhood know that she used to go by he, him, but now she goes by she, her. Just things like that. There's a way of saying that up front, that it's not like a discovery later, because that can kind of lead to, depending on how much your party knows about situations like this, can lead to icky moments where it becomes like a plot point or like, like there's just a lot of, of, of pitfalls if your party, or if your players are not educated on how to handle situations like that. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. good just to have it up front. Like this is a known thing in the community. So, and, and this yeah. is how people, and normalizing it in the fictional community that you're creating so that everyone's accepting of it then sets a good precedent for them, the party, to accept it and stuff as well, which they should anyway. But sometimes people get wrapped up in tropes of mixing up fantasy and history and historical marginalization, stuff like that. So if you're worried about... (laughs) Preaching the choir here. Sorry, people. (laughs) But like, if you set that up as a norm in the world for them, then that just kind of paves the way for it to be a norm in your party as well. Yeah. I will also say this can be kind of a make or break moment for your gaming group, depending on how well the people at your table handle that. Because if it is a bunch of cisgender people at the table, that you can start to find some unfun things about the people you game with. Also, I will say... Like a lot of people I know just straight up struggle with they, them pronouns, put them in there. Congratulations. You're not around any, any real world people using those pronouns. 
practice them in your game, get used to it. Yeah. That is a, a space that you can not harm another person where, yeah, you can get used to using they, them pronouns. I will also challenge you, like, don't just, people don't have to have a certain gender expression to use they, them pronouns. Like yeah. they can look however they want. Yeah. And pronouns and appearance have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that again, I can't sit down and go through a whole course of how to explain all of this stuff right <laughs> that, now. That's we'll not hopefully our link to some good. Yeah. But I do want you to find some good educational resources and I will try and link to some of those in the Discord. Happyjacks.org slash Discord. Um, <laughs> good job. Plug, 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 plug. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, uh, just mix and match. Like, mm-hmm. like Femi presenting with masculine pronouns and the opposite and oh androgynous with very like specific pronouns like like just yeah. think of it as like a rubik's cube at when you're creating npcs where you can like turn it and mix all the colors and sides and things like that to be all different things and make it a point to like have as much variety as you can in that in the npc i don't know if a rubik's um, cube is like a on, great example on the subject of of mix spinners femme presenting and male pronouns i stumbled across someone on facebook reels who does like full lolita like mm-hmm. dress and like looks like a porcelain doll and completely male pronouns mask voice like wonderful amazing person just Mm -hmm. like oh just absolutely stunning yeah i love that yeah yeah no i they make little spinners that you can use and just like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, like again it all to me it's it's one of those like it all comes down to like please don't make make them full people full stop yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly yeah like i'm sure like Especially if you know yourself and you know that when you're improvising as a GM off the top of your head, you tend to go more traditional and you don't tend to like think outside the box. Like there are, I'm sure they're out there somewhere like NPC generation tables that you can roll and make sure that that they have like a big variety of pronouns and appearances and stuff like that to kind of help encourage you to go outside of your like comfort zone because that can be really helpful too, especially if you have good intentions and you want to do it. But sometimes it's in that moment when you're trying to come up with stuff, you just default, you fall back to like what your brain's programming is. So that can also be kind of a helpful tool for you. If yeah. you're doing that. I can't do the voices. So I default to like femme presenting NPCs will stop because <laughs> otherwise I can't do another voice. So I mean, just like, populate by squeaky, squeaky gals. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, so I, I have not done any voice training. Like I talk how I talk. I've kind of demasked, like mask with a K, but also mask with a C since transitioning. And I'm speaking a little bit, a bit more how is comfortable for me and, and all of that stuff. And, and let's like, hi, I'm going to talk down here now. Hello. (laughs) But yeah, this is like the comfortable range for me to speak at. And the trick when you're not able to pitch your voice differently, when you speak comfortably, is to change the pattern in which you speak. Yeah, mm, I have like, heard this, yes. Like, make words more deliberate. Or talk really fast, because you're like, hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm just this guy who's going around, and I'm just very hyper. I'm, I'm a short little guy, and I, I'm an otter. <laughs> or oh, no. um, it's also perfectly acceptable to just describe how they sound exactly. and then talk like yourself. That For is sure. totally, exactly. totally legit and fine. Well, and in... In mm-hmm. embodying the physicality of a character, you tend to change the things. It is fully just like 
my like default is like, they all, listen, I'm telling the story. They all just kind of look like me with a hat on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this does not bode well for any game I'm running in the future. <laughs> I've, I've, I've stolen that saying from you and I use it all the time. The game with the hat. All the time with the hat thing. Um. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's like, where did you get the hat? I, it's from Clara. The, it's fine. It's Malibu Stacy. Yeah. 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 With a hat. With a hat. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to get. No, I, I will. I will back you up on the like physically embodying the character because if anyone watched me play Holly Hart, every time a fight started, you'd see me just crack my neck a bit because Holly Hart came to kick ass and was so much fun to play because of that. That's awesome. So yeah. Also yeah. just miming smoking all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, burnt out, burnt out nurse with a just pack a day habit. Oh my god. Yeah, a lot of my characters like they not a lot of the like I have specific characters will look at their nails a lot because I tend to wear fake nails. I used I wore fake nails to play the character once and it has never stopped. So <laughs> that is the vibe now. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is like when I'm playing like an old wizard or something, I like stroke a beard that doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Silly to the... You're right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> There's two more letters. Yeah, two more. It's mm-hmm. okay. We're doing great. I can do the next one. Right. It's the shortest. Mailbag number two. <laughs> Greetings, band of Jackie Haps. <laughs> An episode of season 31, episode 18, the subject of GMless play came up. And with the greatest respect to the concept, I must say that is the most misleading term ever. Okay. Ooh. My failed attempt of GMless play was with two wonderful players who support other players and and me, who is the greatest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) I was the one who came up with the idea, got the players in, and got the books, so I was conscious to step out of the GM role. This resulted in three into three stilted sessions where we struggled to make a decision of what the prompts meant because no one wanted to step on each other's toes. Mm. In GMless games, everyone is everyone is the GM. And if your group isn't going into it with that mindset, you'll either end up with my situation or one person slipping up into the GM role. I have had more success with solo play with the same system because I'm not worried about making room for others and grabbing the limelight by the horns. Steffi from Scotland, Steffi on the Discord. P.S. Yay, game days! <laughs> yeah, if you, we have... Spelled D-A-Z-E because we're funny and clever. <laughs> On the Discord, we have certain days where we all run games and you can play in games and we have a game days coming up on May 20th. So if you want to, I think there's still some spots open too. So if you wanted to sign up for some games, you want to play a game on May 20th, join the Discord, happyjacks.org slash Discord. So yay, game days. Yes. Okay. Now to the contents of the email. Jamless games. I have forgotten every jamless game that has ever existed because... You've asked me about it now. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> is Fiasco GMless? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so it is, yeah, it's a game. Yeah. It's a game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on, I no, gotta. Th- there was an argument that Stu had that Fiasco isn't technically a game. I gotta, okay, I was gonna say I gotta book a flight to fight you, but I just realized I can drive to Stu's place. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, ooh, okay. Let's see him tomorrow at fair, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm gonna go beat up Stu at fair tomorrow. All right. This is just the problem you have in like any improv setting where it's like so, as as a Leo, as, <laughs> as a person. With Go a, on. <laughs> as a person with a bold personality, I don't like to think, but people have said it is 
hard to do group storytelling without feeling like you're going to jump in on the jump onto someone's story or kind of guide people around, especially if it's your game or you're the person introducing it to other people. And sometimes I just think as long as everyone's aware of it, if you notice during the game, people are like, I don't know, do you want to do just like elect to GM for the day? Be like, this is the facilitator. Sorry, it's GM. Liz, let's go. Like, because the rule set will not ask anyone to GM. Mm-hmm. So there is being described as more like a person who goes, you've been talking for 20 minutes. You can shut up now. Like, that's more what the uh, that per- role becomes, right? It's more like a facilitator. Yeah, it's just a moderator to make sure everyone is doing the thing. Like, like the only game I can think of right now is Fiasco. and. In it, like, it is so good about making sure everyone gets their turn Mm -hmm. that it's so rare that, like, I cannot imagine it, like, having a GM moment where everyone's like, did you, is it, are we doing the right one? Like, is this it? Okay, good. Like, you can't do that. So, I mean, unless the GMless game, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like the, you, be the shiny, sparkly storytelling gem that you are. and as long as you're not literally jumping over people's ideas or interrupting them in conversation or saying no, mm-hmm. the game will keep you from being the full GM arbiter. Yeah, I mean, like having done improv theater, agnosium, most actual just straight improv games for theater have a facilitator too. Like whether you're playing Freeze or one of the million other ones, there's usually someone there running it. And even if you've never done it, if you've ever seen like an improv show, I think you've, I haven't watched it in like years and de- like forever, but whose line is it anyway? It was like just an improv show. Yeah. Like, there's usually someone off to the side. Okay, freeze. Okay, who, who they're walking in. Where, where are they walking to? They get like an idea from the audience. So there's someone there kind of directing the chaos or telling, pop, knowing when to stop and things like that. So most, at least the GMless games I've played have at least some sort of official facilitator role, even if it's not a GM. It's kind of like, it's a little bit just like like the terms. It's like semantics. It's like, okay, so you're, you're not a GM, but you're a facilitator. Like a moderate, yeah. I can I, think of it like yeah, I think the difference is like, you're not expected to come up with the story or NPCs. Like you're more just kind of like, like keeping things running in order. That was the like uh, we were talked. We started off talking about Ryan's game, Told by Starlight. Like that's a GMless game, but there is a facilitator who kind of is like okay, like brings out the game, kind of explains how it works, and kind of makes sure like okay, you draw this card. Okay, now the next person draws a card. So there's someone there making sure it all happens and all the cylinders are firing in order. You're looking at me like I no. Like, I just remembered the last GMless game I played, and I actually cannot describe it on air. If you can't because it's too difficult or because it's like very exciting and naughty and you don't want to say It's because it's called Let These Mermaids Touch Your Dick, maybe. Uh, and I have that game. Yeah. Okay. So at least. <laughs> I said that on air, but hi. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah. I found that game and I went by title alone. I need to buy this. Right, same. And it was about. But my point is someone has to buy the banana. So like. <laughs> I have so many questions and I'm so curious. I'll tell you when you're old. <laughs> when I'm older. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so sorry to it's everyone. Okay. We it was the last GMless oh, game I played. And if it's someone has to buy the banana, 
So like, okay. So where do you get this game? Phrasing. Dear Lord. I don't know. I I, I wish I could be like, oh, it randomly appeared in my inbox one day, which which is actually creepier. No, I don't know where I got it is the answer. I think I fully found it on itch while I was just looking for mermaid shit. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Or someone found it and sent it to me because that also happens. happens. (laughs) (laughs) But GMless game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Claire? Keep your shame. I bought it with my money. <laughs> I saw that game and I went, "I'm I'm buying this." But yeah, someone um, has to get. Have I read it? Done. No, no. You should. You should. I bought it. But what's it called? What's it? It's called. Say it again. Which terms? Uh, terms of service, but it's I believe. Let this mermaid touch your dick, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Let these mermaids yeah. touch your dick, maybe. <laughs> and yeah. the important part is that like. All GMless oh. games, there is someone has to buy it and be a facilitator and all yeah. the things. So like, <laughs> there's a, has to be a responsible one or things yeah. don't work. You need a responsible mm-hmm. adult, and as a and like, it, it all just really comes down to making sure as a group everyone gets their spotlight, but also as a it's improv. Listen to each other. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, Listen to each other and. You can open up a safe search and look it up. I'm looking. This is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> for, for people um, who don't on a completely know. different note, I played a different safe for work GMless game recently. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. But I played. Oh god, now this is going to get real dicey phrasing wise. Uh oh! So everyone, please be an adult. Twitch this chat. Is, I'm looking this at is you. An adult podcast. Oh, I can't promise Twitch chat. You say this is an adult podcast, yeah. and here's the thing: when you say that, that has another meaning. I mean, Happy Jacks. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> but, anyways, I, so also with Steffi, which is why I thought that email was about me, actually, but it turns out it wasn't. I ran, or I didn't run it. I kind of helped make, make it happen, but a game of Hilton Blade, which is basically the plot of Neon Genesis Evangelion as a belonging outside belonging game, with, AKA No Dice, No Masters which was really cool. I think with practice could go better, but I felt like the one thing it was kind of missing was like a randomizer for like the kind of thing you're fighting. That was the one thing where it was like, okay, coming up with what what cool alien monstrosity we're dealing with. Kimmy. Kimmy put it in the the chat. Why would you you do that? For those, I I put it in there. We've been talking about the game. It's an indie game by an indie indie designer. I want it. Do not open that link at work, y'all. Honestly, it's it's an itch. It's an itch.io. Yeah, the page itself is fine and it has a warning for 18, but the itch.io page doesn't have any any 18 plus content. Mm. You have to actually buy the game, I guess, to get the 18 plus content. It's it's thematic. It's mermaid. It's fine. Yeah. Mm. And and the correct title is Let These Mermaids Touch Your Dick Maybe. And it is on itch.io. Yeah. Sorry. I'm pretty sure I said that I just left the S off the mermaids. Yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, Double check. Hilton Blade. (laughs) Yeah. So Hilton Blade. We're not going to say phrasing, but I just did. Yeah. So Hilton Blade is a really cool, basically, neon, Neon Genesis Evangelion lift but as a gmless game and it's really cool the playbooks are really really well made the game also has it was basically remade from a pbta game into a no dice no masters game Mm -hmm. and like some of the stuff i felt was like really really inspired the different stuff they have a thing which i i haven't played the game that the system is based off of so this is my only exposure to it 
but it is token-based. You gain a token by doing certain things that have like a downside, and you can spend tokens to like resolve things in a particular way. And one of the cool things I really liked was, depending on your playbook, other people gained access to a way to gain a token. And I played the genetically engineered. And whenever someone treated me like a human being, they gained a token. And it was really, really cool. And in turn, other people like Steffi was playing the hotshot pilot. And anytime I told her how cool she was, she got a token. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really neat system. The idea that it's GMless is is kind of incorrect. It's everybody's a little bit of a GM. Yeah, yeah. I think most GMless games do that because, like, Fiasco does that, and like Baron Munchausen does that too, right? Where you can kind mm-hmm. of alter people's games based on like tokens. Yeah, yeah. I-, I can't think of how you would. I mean, I'm sure there's g- examples out there, but if you have it like a truly GMless game, like it starts then veering into like board games or it's just an improv game or well, it's a board game yeah so actually or, or, yeah there is, there is a game that can do that and it's iron sworn starforged oh, um, that okay. is a game set up to be played solo or gmless or with a gm mm-hmm. which after looking at like the tables in that thing are glorious Got like, it. if you just want something sci-fi related to just like get your brain going to come up with ideas Mm -hmm. there are it is chock full of cool art and randomized tables and like different stuff like that it kind of it adds a little bit of like choose your own adventure randomizer kind of stuff yeah into the mix which i think no dice no masters games could maybe use a little bit of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, i would say if you're unsure what to do next roll this to get a result would be a cool thing yeah, sometimes I've, you're sitting there trying to like frame the next scene and you're not sure what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I looked at that when like as one of part of my research when I started doing Starscape and the tables are awesome. And I think that's a really great way to 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 run things GMless. I know I talk about One Ring a lot right now, but I'm like just thrown in that world. But there's a what they call Strider mode for One Ring where you could play by yourself. Oh. And a lot of that is that sort of thing where it's like tables and things like that where you play and then you roll and it is like choose your own adventure is a great way of describing it because i think that's a really great way because then it it does relieve the pressure even off facilitator of like kind of guiding to the next thing and i love the token system but there are those moments where you still have to kind of be like okay i guess i'm kind of the gm in this moment where tables like okay so at this time we roll on this table and this tells us what we're what's happening next really makes things it is a way to make things really truly GMless in a very unique way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the idea that you use a, I guess the, the time when a GM would, it would feel like you needed a GM and you didn't have one would be when it was like, I don't know what happens next and no one else does either. Yeah. 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 Having a little bit of a randomizer to help you like choose the direction for the next scene would be wonderful. Like mm-hmm. I, you could maybe even have like a thing, a story dice mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. just like roll that and be like, okay. That thing's interesting to me. Let's let's go with that. Yeah, that's that. That is like the one weakness I found was unless someone was going to step into that GM role and kind of try to build a longer narrative to the scenes, mm-hmm. what to do next became a little bit difficult to figure out. But otherwise, I absolutely love that system. It is really really neat. 
it was part, I got that system as a part of my month long quest to find the mecha game. So this all started with me running a game of chasing the ace, which is a, oh, yeah. which is a descended from the queen mecha game. Yeah. Also oh. basically a lift <laughs> of Evangelion, which I hadn't watched when I played it. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I'd never seen Evangelion. I never really watched a mecha anime before. I just had a book about uh-huh. mecha anime that I loved as a kid. Yeah. It was how to draw mecha and, or I how to draw giant book. robots. Yeah. The Christopher Hart ones. Yeah. The how to draw X, Y, and Z thing. <laughs> yeah, those things are a yeah. treasure trove. And so I started coming up with all of these ideas. I was like, oh, what if the mechs are like organic or they're like, something that's like trapped and we've trapped it in this form and like afterwards i went and watched evangelion i was like oh i i wrote evangelion (laughs) Um, i feel that that's fun i'm a big fan of a biomech just full stop and anything but yeah have you played beam saber yet i have not yet i forged in the dark is something i haven't tried yet and it's one of the few games i looked at and went i'm probably not going to buy this one because the way my brain is wired is basically PBTA is what works for me. Yeah, it's a PBTA a with a hat on. There's more paperwork, essentially. That's the hat. Um, more things behind. Yeah, the hat. It's many uh, hats. Too heavy for my head. Too many there's hats. Lots of too hats. heavy for my head. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. also have a giant head. Yeah, so it's like. Maybe it's too small. The other quote was uh, You took a perfectly good PBTA and gave it anxiety. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll DM um, you about uh, Beam Saber because oh, uh, I've I've looked into it. I will probably buy it at some point. But I'm the game I found because I was looking at Hilt and Blade, and that one was a little bit too straight up Evangelion. Like you specifically were going to have all of these aspects that made it basically just Evangelion, and not much room to kind of wiggle around that. And what I eventually settled on was a game which has a fantastic title. Just Storm Heart Emoji Circuit Odyssey. Oh. Storm Heart Circuit Odyssey. And it is PBTA-ish mecha stuff about feelings and giant robots. Which, for anyone who's heard me talk about masks, that's my shit. Yeah. So that yeah. is what I finally settled on as the mecha game. I bought 20 mecha games and settled on that one. Yeah, you did like this whole thing with a bunch of people in the Discord. It was like like your personal like quest on uh-huh, the internet uh-huh. to find. It has been my hyperfixation for yeah. the last month. Yeah, in it's fairness, been amazing to watch. This is me and games where I get to play a tiny woodland creature where I just mm-hmm. demand people keep sending me games where like giving uh, me links to games. Where you Wonder Home. Already have If it. you haven't seen Wonder Home. Yeah, I already have good. it. Wonder Home. I'm yeah, desperate for new right. ones. All right. Are we, are we good with the yes. GMS play? I'm looking at Storm Circuit Odyssey. It is so cute. <laughs> and it's free. It's pay what you want. I threw 20 bucks at the author because I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Do it. All right. right. Where did you find Is that on itch? Uh, yeah. It's okay. it. Uh, it's on itch.io. If you look Storm Heart Circuit Odyssey, yep. there's not many things named that. Yeah. 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 Uh, tin 10. I can't pronounce that second part. Uh, at uh, it. It's fine. It's a last name. It's all good. Can I, can, I can whisper it to James and, yeah. and he'll put it in the chat. On itch.io, search the search the name of the game. You'll find it. All right. Mm-hmm. As much as we'd love to sit and shop on itch.io for the entire show. <laughs> oh, man. Which has only been part of half the show. Mailbag number three. All right. Prescript. Please read the first paragraph in the best slash worst Russian accent. 
That's great because all I have is the slash best slash worst. Actually, I haven't done it in years. I don't know if I can do this that way. I okay. love the Russian accent though. All right, let's try this. Hello, Commissioner Kimi and ambassador and assembled Jacker comrades. Greetings from the land of Tyler Ham. Sean from New Jersey with a quick gaming horror story. Don't worry, no cheeseburgers or kicking field goals in quotes are involved with this one. If you know, you know. I don't know. You don't want to know. I want to know, it's but old. later. I'll tell you later <laughs> when you're grown up. When you're older, we'll tell you. <laughs> when you're about 30 minutes older. Oh, yeah, how the turntables. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. All right, long ago in the before times, I had been bereft of a gaming group for a new number of years and had been searching for something to play. I managed to find a group starting up an Eclipse phase campaign through the game community's forums. Awesome. I'd listened to a bunch of Eclipse phase actual plays, but hadn't had a chance to play yet. But yeah, warning, this is a horror story, by the way. So sets up. Unfortunately, the game was a bit of a hike for me. About an hour and a half to two hour drive. Ooh. Which for New Jersey is basically forever. That's a new state. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Uh, it's basically another country. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, New Jersey is very wee, isn't it? Like comparatively, like, I mean, we live in California, so everything seems like small in comparison, except for the Texas and now Alaska. Alaska is much bigger. But but like, I feel like New Jersey, if you drive for two hours, you, you leave New Jersey. Maybe not, Yeah, I no, know. I think you leave Maybe New Jersey. Maybe if you're going up. Are there yeah, mountains it's, it's in New there, Jersey? Or you're just going straight up. No, no, no. <laughs> Geography with Happy Jack. Well, I've been there a couple times, and I know there's an elephant that you can go into that's like a building and the beach, which are the parts I got to go to. So where in the elephant did he have to stop for this game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember mountains in New Jersey, but I also didn't see a lot of it, so. Okay, anyway, two hours is a long time for anywhere, no matter where you're going. Yeah, two we'll hours, yeah. two hours each way that's a lot oh good lord mm. yeah right. no thank you but it was a chance to play a game i hadn't been able to play before so it was fine first session was character creation and an intro where we got to uh, got assigned our mission the briefing was in a club where a manner of shall we say happy jacks nights behaviors were going on the face character dove into the festivities along with the techie my character wasn't as socially confident, so he was being a wallflower, admiring the pretty women and men. At this point, I still vividly remember getting a weird look from one of the other players. Uh-oh. Warning. Warning. Red flag. But that was me, not the email. Now, some context for Eclipse Phase. This is a setting where you can upload your brain and email it from Mars to Neptune. You can play a gunslinging octopus uplift. You can play a sentient AI and rent a vat. Down, bo- grown, a vat grown body for the day that allows you to switch the psychologic sexual characteristics as desired, which is in fact what the techie PC was doing. But my Martian Ranger character being bisexual was apparently a bridge too far. The campaign fell apart immediately afterwards due to scheduling issues. Yeah, right. Oh, scheduling issues. <laughs> That's what I- oh, scheduling issues. Oh my. Yeah. Mm. You know my phone number and I don't want to offend you. So scheduling issues. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So who knows what was actually going on? No one said anything directly. And maybe I was reading something into it that at that moment that wasn't actually there as I had somewhat recently come out as bisexual myself and was still navigating that space. But the experience has stuck with me for almost nine years now. The fact that the incident led me years later to create a specifically LGBTQ plus game group of local friends I had made uh, since in an effort to carve out a space for both us 
and to tell queer stories and playing games or settings where we could normalize queerness. It's a very happy ending to that. Yeah. Good job. All in all, not the worst horror story, but something that has stuck with me and in the end led to what I consider a pretty good situation. Thank you folks for all your hard work. Your advice has helped me grow as a GM and a player and helped me stay connected to the TTRPG space for the long time that I had no one to play with. Mm. Sean in New Jersey, askew13 on the Discord. P.S. Obligatory P.S. P.P.S. Get your child is snickering here. <laughs> and P.P.P.S. Drink. Huzzah. Yeah, and that's that's my favorite kind of horror story. Like the, there's something bad that happened and it then like resulted in inspiring me to do something good. And now my life is better for mm-hmm. than it was. Always a good story. Yeah. So this comes back to something I said to you that you disagreed with me uh, before on Kimmy, which is someone having bad politics isn't that bad because it means you can just cut them out of your life. <laughs> Versus someone whose gaming style doesn't match up with yours. Oh, no. It was like, oh, because you're still a good person, but I'm just going to have to awkwardly not game with you anymore. <laughs> Versus, oh, you're a piece of shit. Bye forever. Wait, I didn't I didn't disagree with you about the politics thing. You said, I was like, oh, them having bad politics isn't that bad. And you're like, it's pretty bad. I was like, no, I didn't get to finish my thought, which was oh, oh, because you can just cut them out of your life forever yes. and don't have to deal with them anymore. Accurate. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. 100% what I do. It's like, oh. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, having someone be like, oh, just absolutely all perfectly, perfectly good reason to just never see them again. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, honestly, also just <laughs> driving, really like it would have to be an amazing game for me to drive. God, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No. Each way, like two hours of driving total, but like an like, hour and a half. It's like a lot. With driving two hours, like them chewing with their mouth open should have been enough reason to drop the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God. And we say it all the time and it's a little bit privileged if you think about it too, if you think about it too long, which is like, we have Discord, we have gaming groups here that like, it sucks to, like, it is nice to be in person with people. But if you have to game with people at, like, remotely to avoid people who suck, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. So- there's so many things. Yeah. I, I have been at the table where like I sat down at the table and I, I introduced myself and then like and have forgotten to like use my pronouns, uh, like introduce my pronouns and then introduce my character with their pronouns. And then the next person at the table be like, I mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, well, OK, I I'm doing a thing here. Let me be even if it's not a surprising pronoun or anything, just let me get in the habit. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that they can't game with me. It does mean that I will be obnoxious about it. I mean, if somebody's gonna, like, get an attitude over pronouns, like, I think it's okay to just say, no, I'm good. If it's a con game, I'm just like, this is gonna be a great four hours. I mean, oh, look, I have a scheduling conflict right (laughs) now. Suddenly, at What? My wife is calling me. I didn't know you were married. Yep. Happened yesterday. Don't worry about it. See ya. Listen, my cat ate an edible and I've got to go take care of her now. And that is not an excuse I use all the time now. That's honestly like, oh, oh, I have a toddler. I have to go do the thing. And you have absolutely no thing that you can say that is more important than that. So neener, neener. Bye. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I had a child, so I never had to have a good excuse to leave <laughs> again. And then they find me down later in the bar. Oh, is the thing okay? Everything's fine. Yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. <sighs> I feel, I do love it. But, like, but 
I have found like this is not the only person who's had a story like this where they're like, I just had to make a, my own LGBTQ plus uh, group. And yeah. I love that too. Like okay. I have friends who moved and their family is like their family is very queer. And they were just like, well, we've just been playing with ourselves, but like it's kind of nice to be able to like have other people to w- game with now. Remote is fine. <laughs> but because they but they wanted a safe space to play and they were able to like get together and find other people in the community, which mm-hmm. is nice. I love yeah. that. My goal for the Happy Jacks community is that no one ever has to put up with a bad game group because that's the only thing they can find. Mm-hmm. Like making the option between bad group and no group, not the two options anymore. Like, Absolutely. hey, third option, hop on a computer and and talk to some people in a different time zone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and game days. Yeah, and game days. And game days. Sorry. It- <laughs> <laughs> also, with gas prices, like, oh, I'm yeah. not driving two hours unless it's a really good game. Yeah, like, I have I have a friend who lives, like, mm, about a two-hour drive away on a farm, and I'm just like, you want to just hang out on Discord? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's legit. It's fair. It's a p- perfectly valid way to hang out with people. I feel like there's a lot of, like, why are you on your phones so much? And it's like, because I'm literally talking to my friend who lives in Iceland and she's only, mm-hmm. she and I are only awake at opposite ends of the day. So mm-hmm. I think it's very much changing. Like it's becoming, especially after pandemic. And like, I think each generation is a little bit more fine with that. Like most of my high school and college time, like, like my best friends were all online. I'd, I'd never seen them before. They were like little avatars and it was like, but they were literally my best friends. I spent like 12 hours a day with them. They told, I, they're the ones I told all my problems to. They gave me all the advice. They scary a little bit, but thinking back on it now as like a parent, but like, like they, for the most part, there's really amazing people. And I don't know. I think that's much more normalized now than it yeah. was. Oh, for sure. I have a lot of friends who are like, and then I finally met my internet friends and I'm like, crazy that we do that now. <laughs> I remember all up late. I was a generation of stranger danger. Don't give your ASL to people on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am actually kind of trying to do the reverse, which is finding local community. Because yeah. I'm like, I have been spoiled with having the best online community. And then it's like, anytime I like have to move, I'm like, do I have friends in <laughs> the same thousand mile range? No? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> do my friends hate me or do I need a nap? Yeah. My other one. There, okay. Yeah. Just a little bit of like a bump in blood sugar. It's generally when I'm cranky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Protein bars. Yeah. Lifesaver. Yeah. All right. Are we set? I think we did. We are spent. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of season 32 of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Please support our amazing indie designer of the month. Ryan Kahn. You can find him on itch.io at the real Ryan Kahn. And yeah, super great games. And oh, sorry, the one true Ryan Kahn. I apologize. Dot itch.io. Uh, thank you to our chat mod, James V. And to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent. You can join their amazing ranks at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. We are a not-for-profit channel, so nobody makes money, including me, definitely not me, off of any of this. We just make enough to keep us going, make improvements, little things here and there. So the you are the people who sustain us. And we do that all without having to kiss anybody's asses or <laughs> beg people for ads. So thank you for supporting us. We love you. 
If you want to help our Happy Jacks community grow, smash the subscribe button, leave a comment or a review or whatever on whatever platform you're consuming this right now. And uh, it really does make a big difference. Also, happyjacks.org slash survey. We're going to leave it up for like a month, I think. So go take the survey. Tell us what you think. Give us your feedback. Tell us how much you like us, how much you hate us, and then share it with your friends. So do the thing. My name is Kimmy. I'm Clara. And I've been Rose. Tonight, we're going to leave with you a song. We're going to leave you with the Agincourt Carol by the Poxy Boggers. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love the song. And if you are in the Southern California area, we have a couple more weeks of the Renaissance Fair where you can go see the Merry Wives of Windsor and the Poxy Boggards and other random people who are also part of this show perform. So that is the Southern California Renaissance Pleasure Fair that happens in Irwindale. And you can find it on the internet very easily. So that's a whole bunch of stuff. Thank you so much. We're excited to be starting season 32. We appreciate you. Take the freaking survey. Okay. Goodbye. Take the fucking survey. Bye. Parking went forth to Normandy with grace and might of chivalry. Their God for him wrought marvelously. Wherefore England they call and cry. He set the seed suit for to say to Hawker Town with royal array. The town he Then went our king with all his host To France fight all the French did most He started neither least nor most Till he came to Agincourt coast Then forsooth that comely knight In Agincourt field did manly fight of God most mighty, he won both field and victory. Deo gratias, Deo gratias, Anglia, Rede pro victoria. Then dukes and earls, Lord and Baron, were taken slain, and that's well soon. And some were led into London with joy and mirth and great renown. Now, gracious God, he save our king, his people and all his good willing. Give him good life and good ending that we with mirth may safely sing. Deo gratias, Deo gratias, Anglia. This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.